Chapter One of Biography of Muhammad Jiba Kwakwa by Samuel Moore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One. The subject of this memoir was born in the city of Zuzu in Central Africa, whose king was tributary to the king of Burzu. His age is not known to the year exactly, as the Africans have altogether a different mode of dividing time and reckoning age, but supposes he is about thirty years old, from the remembrance of certain events which took place and from the knowledge he has lately acquired in figures. But this not being a very important matter in his history, we here leave it to its own obscurity, not for a moment believing the narration will lose any of its interest from the lack of the particular figure. He states his parents were of different countries, his father being a native of Burzu, of Arabian descent, and not very dark-complexioned. His mother, being a native of Kashna, and of very dark complexion, was entirely black. The manners of his father were grave and silent. His religion, Mahabedanism. As the interior of Africa is comparatively little known, a brief sketch cannot prove but very interesting to most of our readers. Accordingly, we shall proceed with the details as set forth by Mahama himself. Their mode of worship is something after the following style. My father, says Mahama, rose every morning at four o'clock for prayers, after which he returned to bed. At sunrise he performed his second devotional exercises. At noon he worshipped again and again at sunset. Once a year a great fast is held, which lasts a month, during this time, nothing is eaten during the day, but in the evening, after some ceremonies are performed, eating is allowed. After eating, worship is permitted in their own homes, and then assemblies for public worship are held. The place of worship was a large and pleasant yard, belonging to my grandfather. My uncle was the officiating priest. The people arranged themselves in rows, the priest standing in front the oldest people next to him, and so on, arranging themselves in order according to age. The priest commences the devotions by bowing his head toward the earth and saying the following words, Allah ha kubar, the people responding, Allah ha kubar, signifying, God, hear our prayer, answer our prayer. The priest and people then kneel and press their foreheads to the earth, the priest repeating passages from the Quran and the people responding as before. After this portion of the ceremony is over, the priest and people sitting on the ground count their beads, the priest occasionally repeating passages from the Quran. They then pray for their king, that Allah would help him to conquer his enemies, and that he would preserve the people from famine, from the devouring locusts, and that he would grant them rain in due season. At the close of each day's ceremonies, the worshippers of the Prophet go to their respective homes, where the best of everything is provided for the evening's repast. This same worship is repeated daily for thirty days, and closes with one immense mass meeting. The king comes to the city on this occasion, and great multitudes from the country all round about, who, together with the citizens, collect at the place appointed for worship, called Gigera, a little out of the city. This place, consecrated to the worship of the false prophet, is one of God's first temples. It consisted of several very large trees, forming an extensive and beautiful shade. 
The ground, sandy and entirely destitute of grass, is kept perfectly clean. Many thousands can be comfortably seated beneath those trees, and being upon high ground, the appearance of such a mighty assembly is imposing in the extreme. The seats are merely mats spread out upon the ground. Amount of sand. This sand differs from the sand of the desert. It is a coarse red sand mixed with earth and small stones, and can easily be formed into a substantial mound. Is raised for the chief priest to stand upon whilst he addresses the people. On these occasions, he is dressed in a loose black robe, reaching nearly to the ground, and is attended by four subordinate priests, who kneel around him, holding the bottom of his robe, waving it to and fro. Occasionally, the chief priest will squat like a toad, and when he arises, they resume the operation of waving his robe. These ceremonies concluded, the people return home to offer sacrifice, sarah, for the dead and living. Thus ends the annual fast. End of chapter 1